1: The sun goes down, it's going on down, and the night is deep. Want a little light, but going to save a little light for me? We know the fire waits, unbelievers all of the sinners the same. Girl, you now down Believers bound to the tracks of the train.
0: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money I'm on
1: AM-1220 KDOW. And iHeart Radio Station. Where should I be? Welcome back in. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen?
2: Good. How about yourself?
1: I'm good. Thank you for asking. Um, how's the economy?
2: Uh, it's looking good for fourth quarter. i um, still concerned about what's going to happen next year. I think uh, I'm in the minority on that. I think most people are thinking uh, we're going to see really strong growth. Uh, I'm still concerned that the trends that are leading up to this are more seasonal than than stable, meaning that uh we seem to have this you know strengthening in the end of the year, which we've had over the last couple of years followed by weakness in the start of the year and uh you know I'm concerned that's gonna play out again uh you know going ahead and, and looking at q one q two
1: with that said, fourth quarter you kind of just said it was a pretty good quarter. It didn't look to me like it was a great shopping quarter for the major retailers. Can you separate the two? That you saw a good enough quarter, but not maybe a strong shopping.
2: Yeah, it's actually been a little weird. Um, you know, you've had a really good retail sales report for December, which you know, when you started seeing you know the retailers come out and saying it was a you know pretty awful or at least disappointing holiday season, makes you kind of wonder where the sales are coming from. And if you look a little closely, you see that the online retailers did you know a little bit better than the uh, you know, the discount stores or the um, department stores. So it could be just the fact that, you know, who's reporting the earnings and who's not reporting earnings that you're you're seeing uh, negative news press. Um, and again, it could be that the expectations were just much stronger than what they ended up being. So they thought they were going to get much better numbers and they didn't turn out to be as good as they hoped, so they came in as disappointing. Now when we were projecting retail sales, we thought they were going to be really disappointing. We had a, uh, you know, we were looking at the motor vehicle numbers and, and that was a, a big drop off uh, compared to November. We were also looking at the uh, employment numbers that showed a drop in aggregate income, or at least aggregate wages. So we thought those two combined was going to pull retail sales down, but we found out instead, at least according to the government official numbers, that retail sales were, were pretty strong and that it seems likely that uh, consumers you know, spent out of savings or, or spent out of investment income as opposed to uh, regular wages, which is good in terms of consumer confidence, meaning that, you know, they think things are better so they're willing to lower their savings. Uh, we also believe this is accurately uh, what should happen given where the debt levels are. So, in the scheme of things, the sales numbers were good and, and they should have been what they were expected. Uh, it's just that you kept getting all these negative reports and, and, you know, became concerning that things were worse than what uh, the numbers were actually going to come out as.
1: Let's talk a little bit about um, non-farm payrolls. My audience is, I'm going to say, probably uh, not the typical audience. Bay Area, high incomes, lots of jobs. Um, We don't have a lot of farms. We don't have a lot of Sears where we are. Uh, The Give us a little bit of information on non-farm payrolls, and why do we care about the phrase non-farm?
2: Non-farm is just basically, you know, any job that's that's not coming from, you know, specifically the farmland. So it's, you know, any service job, any manufacturing job, any supply job, any wholesale job, that type of thing. So basically. You know, unless you live and you work in the land, you're going to be counted as a payroll number in this. And it essentially, you know, makes up the entire population of the U.S. This is where people work. The farm sector, in terms of employment, is very small. So when we talk about non-farm employment, we're looking specifically at, you know, the bulk of uh, the employment industry, the bulk of the economy.
1: Okay, and we're just done, us. As- farming society anymore? Like was there a day when when was there a day when you'd report on farm payrolls?
2: Um no. I I have never reported on farm payrolls. I generally take um farm income and farm uh uh inventories as flat over uh each quarter. And and that doesn't it, it, it's it's a good average cuz it averages out to be, you know, roughly um The growth rate roughly doesn't change much. Uh, When you have big droughts like you guys are experiencing in California, you you may have um, some shifts in inventories because production isn't as good as it normally has in in a normal year. Um, When you had extreme cold weather a couple years ago where it hurt fruit crops in in the south, uh, we saw some inventory changes because of that. But in general, you know, the farm industry is pretty stable, so you don't see much change in growth trends because of the farm industry see so, you know i take it as as just a stable component when i'm estimating gdp and uh you know going from there uh building out where the where the volatility is to make estimates on uh, how things are growing overall for the economy
1: how important is california to an economist like yourself because again we get a little jaded we get a little high on ourselves uh Kind of snobby on the coast, kind of a little bit more (laughs) down to earth as you get a little bit more towards the mountains. Uh, How important is California?
2: I think it's pretty important. It's the largest state, I still believe, in in the U.S. in terms of economic, uh, well, maybe not economic growth, but economic uh, levels in terms of GDP. Uh, It's got a wide diversity of the economy you know you talk about you guys are in the bubble in the bay area with the tech area but it's actually you know it's a huge agricultural system there's a lot of manufacturing involved there's uh you know down south you have a lot of a lot of service industry uh, especially in the entertainment industry it's a pretty uh widespread pretty diverse state and uh you know basically has it basically has everything from everywhere
1: <laughs> okay that's there it's just I kind of wanted our audience to hear that we are kind of a big deal, and we've got <laughs> manufacturing, we've got shipping. We're a pretty, pretty powerful uh, economy. Uh, back in it's gogo.com.
2: dot in, in California because you definitely have the people, you know, especially up by you in, in Silicon Valley, you know, not seeing what it's like in different areas. I mean, it's, it's a completely different world. You go south, or if you go even north from there. You know, it, it's an interesting state.
1: It's interesting because uh, I just saw on HBO they just started a San Francisco homosexual series last night that I don't think a lot of people here know that's us. That's what the world sees us as. And then they're starting a Silicon Valley uh, kind of office theme show on HBO this summer that it's going to make fun of our engineers. And it's just good to get that different perspective. But I'm totally digressing, doctor. Um, Jeff Rosen, let's talk a little bit about what you're working on. We've got you know, two three more minutes left. Uh, what are you finding that's important out there? I'm
2: still concentrating right now on uh, looking at the auto industry. I, I want to know where things are headed uh, next year, especially for profit margins. I'm concerned that we're seeing some, uh, some big pickups in analyst expectations, and we've seen that because sales have exceeded expectations over the last few years. And I'm concerned that, uh, you know, sales growth in the neighborhood is 16 million, which is where you know, we're getting a consensus view and maybe a little high, uh, considering that we're going to be seeing increased interest rates throughout next year. At least that's what we expect to see, increased interest rates. So, you know, if we have low affordability conditions from increased interest rates, how are the auto manufacturers going to sell 16 million vehicles? Does that mean uh, they're going to have to, you know, increase incentives and lower – uh, profit margins in order to get there. Yeah, and and that's concerning and, and, and trying to see where that's gonna going to go.
1: Okay. Um, anything else that we should be paying attention to other than autos? Are you worried at all about housing?
2: I'm always worried about housing, just okay. the same reason for the autos. You know, you have rising interest rates, you know, lower affordability conditions, you have low inventories which have increased uh, prices and and it's making things hard to buy and uh, the question is are we going to see price growth you know, stop and maybe turn back negative if, um, you know, if interest rates move on, move too high too quickly you know, it's, it's a concern
1: How concerned are you with this, the things that we see out of China? because my perspective as a financial person in media is that yeah, you take China as a grain of salt you know that they're moving forward but you know that it's not all real numbers
2: The question I have about China is not you know that the numbers are real or not real because I mean I think the consensus is that you know, the numbers are are inflated. The question is are we going to see you know a big backlash if there is a bubble that is developing in China, especially in the uh, property sector and in the municipalities? And if that bursts, what's it going to do socially and what it's going to do politically? Because you could have a lot of problems if a lot of people were relying on these these trends for to growth and, and they turned out to be, uh, you know, not real. You know, and these are people that don't have much savings in terms of, uh, and then there's not much of a safety net in terms of, um, you know, unemployment insurance and stuff like that. So if you do have a, a bubble in the making and something happens and, and it bursts, What's going to happen there, and that could be a real disaster.
1: Odd question for you: Is the world becoming? Is capitalism slipping and socialism gaining? And if so, is that a problem? No. Okay.
2: I don't see that at all. Uh, You know, people think that because they they look at China and they think that you know their socialism model is perfect. But like you know, we all know there's bubbles popping up everywhere in China because socialism is not a very good. way of allocating capital. It's, it's not the most efficient way. And if you allocate capital to the wrong industries, like building cities with no people in it or building you know, massive shopping malls with no stores in it, you know, eventually you know, all that stuff is just wasted capital. It could have been used to do something more productive and more uh, efficient and you know, could actually improve people's lives as opposed to temporarily improving you know, somebody's uh, income levels.
1: Thank you very much. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. It's the one website that I start every day with, Monday through Friday, business stories on independent live market analysis, U.S., international, economy, fundamental, strategic, value, growth, you name it, they got it. It's Briefing.com.